1: This is the Risk Takers from Entrepreneurs Club Radio. Lowell Hawthorne is not your typical entrepreneur. He grew up poor in rural Jamaica. Then he moved his family to the Bronx, New York, to strike his fortune. And after doing all sorts of work, started his life's ambition, the Golden Crust Caribbean Bakery. It wasn't easy, but Lowell started small and grew and grew. During his ascent as an entrepreneur, he had to overcome one obstacle after another. He first had to deal with one of New York City's crooked garbage hauler unions that kept raising his rates monthly. Fortunately, a new sheriff came to town, and Rudy Giuliani solved that problem. Then, when Golden Crust's sales were skyrocketing, his largest supplier cut him off. What to do? Well, he's an entrepreneur, so he didn't give up. He worked 24 hours a day until he found a way to produce what he had lost. He turned lemons into lemonade. Now Golden Crust is a $100 million a year business. All because Lowell never gave up.
3: Welcome to the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas.
4: Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I a had linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs>
3: Call Jiggy right now, 267-22-JIGGY.
0: Daddy hey, Jiggy, what's happening? <laughs> I'm be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. J- it's a great name, and Thanks so much for having me on the show.
2: Presenting, I'm,
0: I'm Mike Massey. and uh, You know you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks
1: up there. Thank you
4: very much. Jiggy
1: Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was
5: until I saw you lose yours.
4: Welcome to a fabulous edition of the world-famous Cheeky Cheeky Radio Program. Coast to coast, border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, the Radio Loyalty Stitcher, and of course, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, iHeartRadio as well, and today, on our big broadcast, we're also available on amfm247.com, that's am247.com. If you are a... uh, Talk show host who's listening or uh, anybody out there that's uh, interested in getting your show listed on iHeartRadio and being part of this revolution, check out am247.com. Well, now that the plug is out of the way, let's get to the actual content of the show. We've got a great guest with us today to kick off our program. He is amazing. He is an author. He is a man who Wired Magazine named the fifth most dangerous person on the Internet, Cody is with us today, Mr. Mister Cody Michael. How are you, sir?
0: Hey, I'm doing well, sir. Thank you for having me.
4: Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about your latest book, Come and Take It, The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free. This is an amazing book. Um, before we get into that, why did Wired Magazine name you the fifth most dangerous person on the Internet? That is, that's That, that, that I hope, fits on a T-shirt and a business card.
0: It's tough, to, uh, tough to run away from that. <laughs> I think, look, I think, the idea was uh, we we found a way to make the internet serve guns to people. That was the core of our project for the last few years. Yeah, We've done things with money over the years as well. But basically, yeah, we we found a way to to harness digital production of guns and give it to access to the people. You know,
4: that's pretty amazing. That is that is pretty amazing. Now, your book, "Come and Take It: The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free," uh, it is a uh, it's amazing. Tell me a little bit about this and uh, explain this uh, this 3D printing thing to me, because I, I I know about it and I've seen different things online, but I'm just amazed when 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 people print some of the things that they do. And I am I am you know terribly terribly old school. So I when I think of when I think of uh, printing, I think of the the, the old uh, printer paper in elementary school that had the rivets on the side that you had to take off um so i can't imagine anybody printing a damn gun so explain all this to me my man
0: (laughs) well when we say 3d printing there's there's now a lot of a lot of techniques and technologies that count as quote 3d printing even the events of the book uh the book come and take it are now somewhat old and limited and only dealt with a a couple different kinds of plastic these days you can print in ceramics and composites and Of course, there's other types of techniques like milling, uh, CNC milling that can go on your desktop. These these can technically count as 3D printing as well. Anything that a computer can control and can enable you to manufacture quickly is basically in the same family of technologies. Wow. We basically just experimented with a lot of these types of techniques, uh, the cheaper ones mostly that people had access to, and we developed pistols, rifle receivers, and magazines. We tested them, and then we put them on the internet to download. Those are the events of this book. Come and take it.
4: That is amazing. We've got uh, a great guest with us today. Cody Wilson joins us here on our broadcast, author of Come and Take It, The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free. He is the founder and director of Defense Distributed, and uh this book, uh like I said, it's 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 well written, it's well put together. Um tell me a little bit about the writing process for the book and uh and why you decided to put this together.
0: Sure, sure. I think Look, I, I wanted to write something that both could work for someone who wasn't engaged politically and someone who was just interested in entrepreneurialism, but also for someone who was just interested in what does it take to do something radical in a time like now where everything is basically unofficially deemed to be kind of impossible before you begin. You have to always get permission from the powers that be before you want to begin. and uh, lemonade stand, you know what I mean? So yes. So you... How can you start anything, much less start something that you hope will overthrow the world? Right? So I tried to capture that germ of, of naivete and and intrepidness, and I just tried to encapsulate it and, and demystify it a little bit. It's not You have to be foolish and just begin something if you want to change, if you want to create something. You just have to begin, and you have to just kind of roll with the punches. And that, that's how our book begins, and that's why I wrote it.
4: Well, the book is uh, is, is well-produced and, and well-put-together. Who's your target audience for this book?
0: <laughs> I don't know that I have one. I would say, uh, look, if you're, if you're a young man or if you're a, if you're a poor dad, right, <laughs> and, you, and you want to do something political, you, you have a love for, let's say, the Second Amendment or, or you have a love for, like, uh, radical politics, and you just don't believe in the current moment. Like, the whole Hillary thing has you totally depressed. Even the Trump thing has got you a little bit down. <laughs> There's a way of thinking about and doing politics that don't require the ballot box or the state legislature. You know, when we printed guns and put them on the Internet, we were doing something directly, strongly political, and we weren't asking people's permission, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to expose a different kind of political conversation uh, that could inspire really anyone of any age.
4: It is a uh, fantastic, fantastic book. Check out Cody Wilson's Come and Take It, The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free. He is also the founder and director of Defense Distributed. Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Oh, yeah, man. So Defense Distributed is doing really well these days. We have a website called Ghost Gunner. You can go to ghostgunner.net. We sell a machine that allows you to make your own AR-15 for yourself, a- AR-15, unregistered ghost guns. Basically, you no longer have to uh, buy the AR-15. You can make your own receivers from aluminum. You can mill them. These aren't printed out of plastic. They're just as good as you can get. Uh, military-grade hardware, so we enable people to make AR-15s for themselves, and with the money that we get from that project, which is quite successful, uh, we are conducting a lawsuit against the U.S. State Department so that we can save for ourselves a, a place online so that we can keep sharing the work that we do with the public.
4: Well, that is uh, that, that that is pretty amazing. Take me through this, this process of, of printing an AR-15. How does that exactly work?
0: Okay, great. So, we are not with the Ghost Gunner machine, we're taking an 80% receiver, which is not a finished receiver and therefore not considered a firearm. We're doing the pocket milling on that. So all we're doing is taking a computer-controlled uh, end mill. We're doing some basic pocket milling according to just some coordinates and a model that we have, very simple digital control. And then we're finishing that receiver. Then the rest of the parts of your AR don't even have to be made. They're easy, they're cheap, to buy off the shelf. You assemble your AR-15, and now you have an unregistered, uh, unserialized, unseen AR, and you can make them. It's, it's very replicable. You can make as many as you want. Uh, this is the innovation that this machine allows, and uh, it's it's enabled a lot of our research and development and other technologies.
4: We've got a great guest with us today. Wired Magazine's Danger Room named him one of the 15 most dangerous people in the world in 2012. Cody Wilson with us today here on our broadcast. Now, um, you also have... Um, this weapon project a non profit organization you, you, you guys uh, basically developed the world 's first open source gun designs suitable for 3d printing um, with these 3d printing um, can can you take those to like gun shows or are they able to be traded and sold and things like that if somebody wanted to or is is that well, just not possible or legal or, or anything like that
0: well look i mean I'm- product like pretty gun that you own you can sell because it's your property. Yeah. All the ATF and the, and the administration care about is if you begin to go into business to sell guns and you begin to do a lot of that kind of work, that they ask that you get a license. So it's a fine line to walk. If you're going to start making money, making profits, selling guns, and distributing guns to people, you need to get a license. But anything that you make, if it's out of plastic, if it's out of ceramic, if it's out of metal, if it's legal for you to own it, it's legal for you to sell it. Uh, it's a pretty simple answer at the end of the day
4: that's kind of cool because because uh, because i wondered if uh you know because it, it it's it's kind of a cool little hobby that you could get into you know you 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 print some of these guns and different materials and and i know that that you know there, there are a lot of people that are out there that are gun collectors so sure. they would they would you know pick up on something like that and and uh, i just wasn't sure what the legalities and everything of that was if it was a situation of you know because essentially these these are like pieces of art you know it it, it, people make prints of of paintings and sell them you know they they have their own paintings and 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 they don't sell the original they go ahead and keep the original but they make t-shirts and all this other crap. So i'm like oh why can't we just make ar-15s and make them in pink or blue or whatever material and sell them at gun shows but uh that's the no, it's funny you said that.
0: I think it's a good comparison. A lot of people have bought our ghost gunner machine, for example, gone into business for themselves, become an FFL, and and you know anyone can take like a finished aluminum receiver for an AR and you know ceracote it or anodize it, turn it pink, like you said. I mean, there's there's a lot of people who who've gone into customizing ARs just because this technology is now so accessible
1: and so affordable.
4: It is. It is a super cool idea. We've got Cody Wilson with us today. He's the author of Come and Take It, The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free. And, uh, he's with us today here on telephone. And, uh, this, this book, I'm sure, has been getting a wild, wild reception. Tell me a little bit about some of the reviews and different things you've gotten on the book so far.
5: <laughs> well,
0: look, you know, the, the normal, uh, let's say, authorities in book reviewing, uh, you know, they don't really like my perspective, uh, that they're not really comfortable with, uh, people having guns. I guess that's not a surprise <laughs> by liberal elite, but, yes. uh, so they can, they begrudgingly kind of admit that it has some, some worth just as like a, as a finished piece of work. Right. But they, they totally abhor, uh, my point of view and they think it's problematic. So nothing new there, but at the same time, conservative media has, you know, received it very well, very kindly and, Warmly, and, and we're doing really well in, in the Amazon rankings. I think people, uh, probably especially going into the the election, and, and the fear of Hillary Clinton and the Second Amendment. I mean, I think there's going to be a kind of sustained audience for this type of. Uh, well, yeah, you
4: know. and I would I would think that this this would be a uh, a, a hot seller, you know, here here within a uh, couple weeks before the uh, election, because yeah, it, it it either way, whether it's Hillary or or, or Trump. There's a lot of people that are that are very interested in the Second Amendment and everything um, now as far as uh, maybe i don't know gun shops or, or gun enthusiasts have they uh, have they picked the book up and, and given you any feedback on that
0: oh sure sure I, I've sold the gun or I've sold the book at gun shows and other places that we've been to over the last month or so i mean it's you know it sells well I think uh, there's there's additional enthusiasm and then a bunch of surprise because not necessarily a gunman's book, but it can yield and it can say a lot to someone who's a gun enthusiast. Uh, it comes from a lot of different perspectives, you know. So I think it's a, a big surprise to people in the gun world when they read it, because uh, their world their world is a lot bigger than they know. You know, a lot of people just focus on the NRA and they focus on uh, gun YouTube channels or something, and they forget that there's a huge, much bigger political world surrounding what they uh, what they do and what they enjoy.
4: It is the fantastic, fantastic author with us today. He is uh he's well spoken. He's got a well written book here. Come and take it, The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free. Cody Wilson with us today here on our iHeartRadio presentation. Now, um, what elements did you draw upon to develop this book?
0: Well, look, I, the excuse to to write it is really the nine months of my own direct experience printing that first gun and just kind of how enormously uh, absurd and difficult it was <laughs> and, and the kind of, you know, emotional <laughs> challenges that that were involved. But at the same time, it's an excuse for me to take you through all these weird corridors of thought and there's all these strange detours of strange communities of people. And these are people connected to the Internet, but these are people in Europe and, and in San Francisco, the people dealing with technology and just all the bizarre things that they think. Um, I, it's an excuse to expose let's say your average gun enthusiast or someone who enjoys the second amendment it's an excuse to expose you to a lot of different types of thought and all of that was mixed together and, and necessary to get us to where we got at the very end of that project where we started making those first uh, printed
4: pistols. it is a uh, great topic today talking a uh, about guns the gun printer's guide to thinking free come and take it uh with us today cody wilson he uh Joins us live here on our broadcast now this book is uh, like i said it's it's well written it's, it's it's been put together very nicely um, who do you envision to be the potential readers is it is, is it going to be mostly gun enthusiasts or is it going to be folks that are that are hobbyists that are into guns
0: yeah look I, I think mostly it's, it's going to be people who know a little bit about what we 've done who enjoy the second amendment who you know, are kind of familiar with guns. That, that's inevitable. So, to a degree, you know, I, I'm I'm preaching to the choir because uh, I get it. <laughs> it's going to be a mostly conservative audience. I I understand that, and I hope uh, I hope your audience as well. You know, uh, is, is are people who are at least comfortable and, and friendly with gun culture. I have no reason to think they're not. So, you know, it's
5: a it's a safe crowd probably.
0: Well, uh, I, I, I,
4: I I think. think you know, that that's the one thing that uh I, I, I think is nice about this book is that it is it is something that folks who are into guns uh would enjoy. I, I, I think the folks that are into into art and hobbies and things like that would be because you're essentially, you know, doing that with with the 3D printing. You're essentially creating a piece of art. And uh, I I know that there's a lot of folks in our audience that that are big Second Amendment advocates. So uh, this uh, th- this book is 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 pretty cool. We've got Cody Wilson with us today. Come and take it, the Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free. And uh, before we let you go, if people want to get a hold of you, um, how exactly do they do that?
0: Uh, they should go to ghostgunner dot net. My email's there. So our product okay. is defense distributed on Google. Uh and gosh, I guess the book's on Amazon. I mean, I'm uh I'm out there on Twitter y'all too, so hit me up.
4: And uh what's next for you as an author, my man?
0: Oh uh, look man, you gotta like old uh Ben Franklin said, you gotta do things worth writing about.
4: So, uh,
0: I'll let you know once I've done something else worth writing about.
4: Oh, about that? <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks to Cody Wilson uh, for appearing today here on iHeartRadio. Come and take it. The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free. We are going to take a quick time out. And when we come back, we've got more. Thank you, Cody. Thanks for being with us, man. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Cody Wilson, coming up, we've got more on our program.
3: Welcome to the Unlock Your Wealth Update. Here's Heather Wagenhall.
2: Here are the best of the why-didn't-I-think-of-that ideas for shrinking your household expenses. See if you've thought of any of these. Shorten your dryer vent hose. First, disconnect it and vacuum it out. Then
0: trim the hose length so that it's just long enough for you to pull the dryer a few feet from the wall. A short and unobstructed line makes your dryer run more efficiently. The cost is free, and the savings can be $25 a year on electric, gas, or propane. Plus, your clothes will dry about 20% faster. Make your own clothes cleaning solutions using inexpensive kitchen stables such as white vinegar and baking soda see the green guide for recipes the cost is only a few bucks and extra pantry supplies the savings can be fifty dollars or more a year on commercial cleaners and the bonus is that cleaners that don't contain harmful chemicals are healthier for you and your household for more great resources to help you create unlimited wealth and happiness visit our website at crackingyourmoneycode.com
2: i'm heather Wagenhalls. now go out and unlock your wealth today
5: call is now being recorded.
4: We are back here on the world famous Cheeky Jaguar radio program, coast to coast, border-to-border border on TuneIn, iTunes, already radio loyalty, Stitcher, and, of course, 50-plus AMF and stations. Across the country and around the world, iHeartRadio as well. We've got a great guest with us today. We're going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. We'll talk a little bit about why they're here. Go ahead and uh, give us a brief introduction, my friend. Hey,
3: Doc Cass Ingram here. You know, the cure is in the cupboard. has got that 20th edition. That's a lot of editions for self-published. And of course now seventy, yeah, I know it. Seventy-five new pages. It's all about how to not to, not succumb to the infections: the cold, flu, bronchial sinus. You know, definitely viruses of all kinds, including herpes and warts, and bacteria, and all the yeast. So the book covers it all. So I thought, well, we should talk again. You know, it's cold and flu time and all that. So. Yeah.
4: Well, uh, Doctor Ingram, let's let's talk a little bit about this. The, the the cure is in the cover you mentioned. Twenty of the dishes. Um, educate our listeners here on how to fix some of the uh, wintertime ailments naturally with medicinal yeah. kitchen species. Tell us about it.
3: You know, it goes way back because I was always looking for something. There's no drug for cold or flu, bronchitis or sinusitis, chronic cough, and even a lot of times pneumonia. The antibiotics don't work, so. So I was always trying different home remedies, especially cold and flu, sinus and bronchial congestion, rhinitis. Nobody, nobody gets tons of drugs. Nobody's in the hospital for that, really. So, so I was, you know, I tried the raw honey. It's got some good things. I, garlic and onion, garlic and onion broth, golden seal, echinacea. I couldn't quite get that needle to dramatically move, you know, just to wipe out colds and flu and shut down the runny nose and just, you know get people out of the misery. Until I stumbled upon, you know. The oil of oregano, we talked about okay. it before, yeah. right? So your big hammer for congestion, for cold, for flu, for rhinitis, I discovered is the wild oregano oil, ideally the the edible, the original one there, the P73 edible oregano oil. Here's what happens. Let's see. You, you and I don't have time. We can't get sick. I haven't gotten sick for 30 years now with this kind of thing. So, let's say you get the uh, runny nose and congestion. You can't breathe on one side. Maybe you even have a head cold. It's starting. It's hitting. You, oil of oregano, you take it under the tongue or as a gel cap. Listen to this. Every hour. Every half hour. Every 15 Maybe. minutes. You pound. It's just, the virus, you know what the virus, the virus collects on the skin cells. On the inside, the throat, those are their skin cells there. They're called epithelial. It collects in the nasal membranes, and you got to kill it. It's that simple. That's why they used to use Dr. mustard Dr. play. Huh?
4: No, I was just letting everybody know we've got Dr. Cass Ingram with us today. He joins yeah. us live. For those uh, who are battling a wintertime running nose, congestion, cold, cough, sneezing, sore throat, general anginess, North America's leading expert on wild medicinal spices is here, Dr. Cass Ingram, author of the newly updated book. The cure is in the caverns. 20th anniversary edition. He's with us today to give us some advice on quickly nurse yourself back to health using the power of wild oregano and other germ-biting aromatic spices. Tell me about... Yeah, Yeah, so
3: the the other thing I found was there's other like cumin, sage, uh, cinnamon, clove, bay leaf. They're all germicides, you see? So then now there's a great product on the market called OregaRasp, appropriately. So, R-E-S-P. It has cumin, Wild oregano, sage, cinnamon—they extract those oils from the plant, and then they encapsulate that, and that's a—that's an extreme hammer for flu, for bronchitis, for sinusitis. So there's two things now: there's the you know straight oil of wild oregano, which you take under the tongue or in juice or water, what have you, and now they have the sophistication of the multiple spice, which which is. Our study showed obliterated 100% of the cold viruses, 99.9% of the flu viruses inside the cells, not not just in a petri dish. I mean, if you don't even really cold and flu and bronchitis, pneumonia and congestion is like redundant if you yes. if you investigate this. You see, uh, honey's good too now, but not going to be as powerful. Garlic and onion, We've got, they're good. Yeah.
4: yeah. And and, and, I, and I'll tell you, we, we you talk about a lot of this in your book, Cures in discovered You say that uh, wild Mediterranean oregano oil, we were talking a little bit about that earlier. Tell us a little bit about yeah. it. It's been shown in laboratory tests to destroy a wide range of disease-causing viruses, bacteria. Can you tell us uh, something about the, some of the uh, disease-causing germs that wild oregano oil was able to destroy? Break it down.
3: Okay, here's what we found. We, we know it obliterates the cold virus, the flu virus, even the bird flu virus succumbed and then we destroyed our colleagues destroyed the herpes virus I've clinically destroyed cold sores and even genital herpes with aggressive use of the edible form the P73 sometimes with a herpes virus if it's genital you have to take 40 drops twice a day the wart virus both uh, genital wart and particularly the you know the I've done a lot with the warts on the skin saturating cotton with the super strength type of oregano oil Holding that over there for 24 hours, you know, just retaping it, resaturating, and then taking it by mouth. Our work showed that it kills drug-resistant staff. You know, we're talking MRSA; kills 100,000 people in you know every year. But it's, it kills that germ. That's the flesh-eating one. We killed pseudomonas. The FDA killed pseudomonas. The FDA killed salmonella and food-poisoning germs uh, in their study. The study the FDA did was we're going to prove Dr. Cass Ingram wrong, and they said we're going to prove it wrong. They ended up saying, "Oh well, it really does work. You know, uh, it kills mold, so if a person has a mold exposure, aspergillus and all the molds, and it kills the candida yeast that causes a lot of female problems like PMS, endometriosis, uh, yep, mental yep. fog, you know, the whole PMS." And uh, yeah. It's an obliterator. Dr.
4: Cass Ingram <laughs> with us today here in our broadcast. Can you go over the recommended treatment protocol using some of these wild spices for fighting wintertime cold symptoms such as sore throat, runny nose, congestion, sneezing, achiness, it.
3: Yeah. Okay. Get the edible kind because then you've got the trust there, the p 73 because it's for daily and heavy use. And you take that oil of oregano and put it under the tongue, hold it there as long as possible, for sore throat, laryngitis, congestion, runny nose, sinusitis, bronchitis or put it in juice or water. You know, maybe some people don't want to taste it, I understand, and down the hatch every hour if you're having trouble. If it's a chronic thing like sinusitis or bronchitis, three, four times a day. Even if you could do it every half hour, if it's the middle of flu, you don't want to mess with the flu, you want it out. So you just keep using it. Then you go on a maintenance, five drops a day. Or maybe you don't want to get any kind of sickness anyway, so you buy some uh, oregano oil, P7-3, you buy some OregaRest, you take a capsule of the pill, you take five drops of the oil, and you throw that barrier into the bloodstream so that you don't even, you don't even have the issue of a sudden winter illness. Or if it's a child or an infant, you can't get a lot internally, maybe you can put a drop or two in the honey, down the hatch a couple times a day, but rub it on the feet, you see? Get soaked through those pores in the bottom of the feet. Rub it up and down the shin, on top of the thigh, up and down the spine. You can do that on adults too. Uh, and you so and then you can put it in the diffuser. See, there's you can get rid of these things. Somebody's sick with a little infant. They can't take too much by mouth. They don't know if it's safe. Rub it on the feet. Rub it on the spine.
4: You see. Um, We've got a uh, great guest with us today, the fantastic, fantastic Dr. Tass Ingram with us today here in a broadcast. And uh, and you've written in Chapter 7, Oregano to the Rescue, wild oregano has been shown to be effective in the treatment of a wide range of problems, for spider bites, nail fungus. Can you give us a few more unusual applications? Yes, yes. You know, it's of great topic. That's,
3: that's a great thing because, you know, a lot of ringworm, lots of uh, uh, athlete's foot, jock itch, vaginitis. You have the, the toenail fungus, fingernail fungus. People don't know what to do. The drugs can cause liver toxicity. So for, for fungus, you got to use it. It kills it. it. It will cure the ringworm. It will cure the athlete's foot. But best to do topical and internal. Even with toenail fungus, topical internal. So if you can get some, like I like the super strength. You can get some of that. You take, you got fungus on your skin you got fungus on your nails you take 20 40 drops 20 40 drops twice a day and you cut you yeah. know clip back the nail and you scrub it in over and over again the more you use it the better you're going to get rid of it spider bites bee stings venom bruises scratches scrapes burns look on the internet if you look oregano p73 testimonials you won't believe what people are saying it eliminates venom it's an antidote to histamine it it knocks out allergy. Look at all the people with peanut allergy. If they knew they could have a bottle of oil of oregano, if the kid accidentally got in the peanut, take five drops, uh, you know, on the hour, and it will prevent, a, you know, it would prevent fatality. It would prevent a serious reaction. Yeah. So, it's a universal natural medicine, and you can use it also for diseases. We've had success with prostatitis, prostate disorders, bladder infections, kidney infections, even kidney stones and bladder stones. I've had success with it, uh, knocking them out, you know, so a lot there, big medicine.
4: We've got uh, Dr. Cass Ingram with us today, he joins us live here in a broadcast. Is wild oregano oil able to kill the new super strains of drug-resistant bacteria? Oh,
3: yeah. You see, we did a, 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 a study at Georgetown University where we showed that it worked just as good as vancomycin, the drug of last resort, in killing, uh, the staph and the strep that's resistant. Also, in petri dishes, we were killing the MRSA with two things. Super strength oil of oregano and the wild oregano based spray, which you would find in the health food stores. Here's the third yeah. thing. Colost- C. diff, uh, you know, uh, all the different germs in
4: hospitals, it kills them all. Absolutely amazing. We've got Dr. Cass Ingram with us today. He joins us live in our broadcast. He is a, a nutritional physician who's received a B.S. in biology and chemistry from the University of Northern Iowa in 1979. He has uh, got this incredible, incredible new book, The Cure is in the Covered. Where can listeners go for more information about the but the Power of Wild Oregano, and to order your book, my friend. Yeah, let them
3: get the book and study it, uh, CassIngram.com. The cure is in the cupboard, CassIngram.com. Maybe check your local health food store. But look, the cure is in the cupboard, in the honey, the cinnamon, the oregano, the spice, and you can put it in there, if you go to the health food store, in the big way, the extract, oil of oregano P73, resp and the wild oregano-based spray. You're going to be safe. Not only in the winter, but when you travel anywhere in the world, if you pack those medicines with you.
4: Amazing. Well, thank you, my friend. Thanks for making this work, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks for being with us.
3: Talk, talk, talk. Bye
2: now. Appreciate it. This is ASC Automotive Professional, Pam Oaks, and it's time to take a 60-second break and make you a savvy car consumer. It's time to learn a little bit about your auto. You've heard time and time again about transverse engines and how some of these power plants can be difficult to work on. But don't be confused. It's not the technology, it's how the engine's wedged into the front compartment. You see a transverse engine, common on front wheel drive vehicles, sits sideways, where the drive belts are facing a fender instead of the front. So when a tech needs to get to a part, sometime access is difficult. Lesson learned. Want to learn more about your vehicle? Visit me at carcarefortheclueless.com, making you a savvy car consumer.
4: with Jiggy right now at one eight six six seven six three one two four two, 763 1242 and email JiggyJagwire at JiggyJagwire.com Welcome back to iHeartRadio. A special presentation here on AMFM247.com each and every week. If you want to download our podcasts of our uh, previous broadcasts, you can check out iHeartRadio. Just search the Jiggy Jaguar or search Jiggy Jaguar show and uh, usually they are about a week behind for whatever reason over there on iHeartRadio but uh, we do have all of our broadcasts up there also check out amfm247.com each and every week that's am247.com each and every week we come to you live on the program, and uh, today we have uh, a interesting, interesting guest. And uh, this is uh, basically, we've all been getting slammed with politics for the last, <laughs> God, well at least on, on on this show we've been getting slammed with politics for the last three years, because we were covering all these clowns before, that. some of them were like, well I might run, and then that was the news for the day, blah blah blah, I might run for president. Um, so we've got a little bit of a break from politics today. We have a great author with us today. I punched myself in the face. Stories of self-sabotage, imperfection, and perfect, amazing grace. And with us today here on the broadcast, Pamela Capone. And, uh, she is a best-selling author and she's with us today here on the telephone. Pamela, uh, this book is incredibly well-written. Tell me a little bit about the book itself.
5: Oh my gosh, what a compliment. Thank you so much. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Yes. Um, my book is, it's, it's a compilation of true stories that mostly they've happened to me. Some of them are observations of other things, but uh, <laughs> a lot of them are really funny. Um, most of them are at least very light and whimsical, and some of them are, just a few of them are pretty serious. Um, the thing that's a common thread throughout is that I think most it's not all, point to uh, a bigger, uh, more important message than the, the tiny thing that it starts with, generally. So, yeah, it's, just, it's a lot of snippets and snapshots of everyday life. Sometimes they're extraordinary circumstances, and sometimes they're just, like, you know, little anecdotes or metaphors that I see that I kind of expand on. Um, and they're kind of about epiphanies in everyday life and not-so-ordinary-day life.
4: Pamela Capone with us today here in our broadcast. I punched myself in the face. Stories of self-sabotage, imperfection, and perfect amazing grace. Available on Amazon, and uh, she's with us today here on our broadcast. And uh, you've got personal standalone essays uh, in, in this book. Um, to tell, tell me a little bit about some of the different, uh, some of the different essays and, and, and why you chose certain things to be included in the book.
5: Sure. Um, well, one of the stories, one of my favorite stories, is about a trip, um, a plane trip back from Guatemala, where I do some uh, work at a girls' school there called IMA. So I was seated in a window seat, which I detest. Um, I feel super claustrophobic, so I don't like that to start out. But I ended up getting seated next to a woman who had real trouble with personal boundaries and spatial requirements for herself. So. It, it, it really turns into a pretty funny, unexpected turn of events. Um, I really, really wanted to give her a beat down in the middle of the sky. But um, in the end, it was kind of a sweet story of understanding and maybe a little bit of redemption and um, kind of a gray story. Another story that I really like is less funny and more just kind of a heartwarming thing. And this is a situation where I didn't really necessarily write the story, but I um, heard about a story and then I just put it down on paper. Um, And this story was about my husband's Uncle Pete, who is just this little brown ball of love. And he was a carpenter um, living outside Detroit, and he spotted someone attempting to break into his tool shed, which is also his outside garage. And so rather than call the police, he approached the man and just sweetly said to him, you don't have to steal these. My tools are welcome to you. You're welcome to my tools at any time. He reached in his pocket and handed him the key to the tool shed. So the man took it, um, and I'm sure I'm just imagining what was going through his head, Um, but he left quietly. And then later that day, one of the family members saw him return, and it appeared that he was attempting to see if the key worked, which it did, and then he left. Um, And then many years later, that man returned, Uncle Pete's funeral and showed up and and spoke to some of the family members with that key hanging around his neck and he said that that day changed his life. He never stole again and he went into the carpentry business Um, and that's just a really to me just such a sweet story of grace and humanity and compassion and um, just treating his fellow man as, um, as he would want to be treated. So I I think that my book is a really, it's kind of a, if I can say this, I think it's a real breath of fresh air right now because it's pretty stinky out there right now. And I know (laughs) for me, when I I turn on the news, you know, I I feel like I want to take an emotional shower. It's just It's been really tough this year. So I think it's it's timely that we focus on some positivity and spread a little more love. And I'm really, I feel really blessed that I'm able to do that.
4: We've got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on the telephone. Pamela Capone is with us. I punched myself in the eye. Stories of self-sabotage, imperfection, and perfect, amazing grace. And she's with us today. Check out the book on Amazon. and uh, tell, tell me a little bit about the whole process of putting the book together. What were some things that you wanted to include that you didn't, and some things that you included that after the book came out, you're like, I shouldn't have probably put that in
5: <laughs> um, i i haven't I don't have any great regrets yet, maybe that will come down the road, but i so far I'm feeling pretty good about it um There are some stories that i I didn't get in this book, and I want to put it in a second book or a third book it's actually my third but this might this will be my second book of essays yeah, um so I have a lot of little nuggets that need to be kind of um refined and I think those will turn into some some pretty cool stories there's I feel like I see stuff all the time um just things that are interesting that I expand on or like I said sometimes a story will just unfold in front of me and I just put it down on paper so I have a lot more in me and I I'm I'm excited about doing another book soon I'm hoping to have that um within the next year
4: We've got a great guest with us today she joins us live here on our broadcast Pamela Capone is with us I punched myself in the eye stories of self sabotage imperfection and perfect Amazing Grace. It's available on Amazon and, uh, she has got a terrific website. Check out I Punched Myself in the com, and, uh, I'm amazed that that domain was available. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, would have thought somebody would have snagged that and there would have been some like travel agency or some kind of crap yeah. that, uh, <laughs> that was using I that. Title. I love it. And, you know, that's actually one of the things that people say. They just think that the
5: title is just so provocative and, and interesting and fun, so I like it.
4: Yeah. Now, uh what? My
5: next book might be something like I, I tripped over the ottoman or something like that. Kind of a.
4: Kind then of you a can. In, well, you know, <laughs> if 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 uh, if if, uh, if you include that, you could you could try to find another cool another cool website like that, and then you can uh, yeah, <laughs> you can yeah, tie everything so together. Now, uh, what do you want readers to take away from your writing?
5: I want them to take away hope. Um, I, to, I want them to take away just the idea that um, revelation from above can come in so many different ways that you would never imagine. You know, they used to say that Seinfeld was a show about nothing, and <laughs> I think that my book is a <laughs> collection of tiny nothings that point to big somethings, and I hope that people will take away that idea that there's, there's there's someone out there talking to them, and that it's a good idea to keep our our
4: eyes open and our ears open and be open to that concept. We've got a great guest with us today. Uh, she joins us live here in our broadcast. Pamela Capone is with us. Her website: I punched myself in the eye. dot com. She's also available on Facebook at uh, I punched myself in the eye. She is also available on Twitter. Personal m essays and uh, pamela com as well the book is available on amazon that is i punched myself in the eye stories of self-sabotage imperfection and perfect amazing grace and she's with us today here on our world famous cheeky jaguar Cheek radio program now who do you envision to be the uh, the pen- potential readers basically of this book you know what's
5: really fun is it's, it really does have a huge audience uh, my cousin's little boy is reading it and he's texted me a photo of their whiteboard with his list of reading for the weekend i was so jazzed to see my my book up there and then this is a true story my 93 year old friend Inez, when i gave her the book a few months ago she she told me that it had her in stitches her words so i think that (laughs) i really think that it's, it's, it's kind of good stuff for most anyone i can't imagine anyone that wouldn't benefit from a positive story right now so, and it's just, there's, it's really clean, and um, yeah,
4: I think it's it's good for a lot of people. It is, it is a a heck of a book because you you have put together uh, some some really cool things in here, and, and you've managed to uh, to make everything flow, and, and, and it really works out. Um, I guess kind of kind of, and, and I I I think we've we've answered this question halfway through. But how is your book relevant in today's society?
5: um Well for one thing you know as we were talking about just with the political climate, I think with politics with the anger that's happening um, in our in our world but in our nation the um, polarization the uh, race baiting and race um, wars and terrorism I mean just there's just so much garbage stuff out there uh, I just I think we need more of this stuff I think we need to try and you know push back against that and um, yeah, I think
4: it's it's extremely timely. It is an uh, amazing, amazing read. I punched myself in the eye. Stories of self-sabotage, imperfection, and uh, perfect, amazing grace. It is an amazing book. And uh, Pamela Capone with us today here on our broadcast. Check it out on Amazon. And uh, Pamela, before we let you go, what's next for you as an author?
5: Uh, more of this. More of the same. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm totally open to new ideas, but I want to keep writing about good stuff. I, I really want to uh, be a positive influence. That's like, to
4: me, that's the whole point of being here. That's awesome. Well, uh, Pamela, good luck with the book, and uh, we'll talk soon. Have yourself a uh, wonderful, wonderful afternoon.
5: James, you're the best. Thank you so much.
4: Appreciate it, Pamela. We'll talk soon. Pamela Capone with us today. I punched myself in the eye. Stories of self-sabotage, and perfection and perfect, amazing grace. Joins us today here on iHeartRadio and AMFM. One of us, We've got more coming up here on our program.
2: And it's that time of the week to reach into the car care for the clueless mailbag and answer a listener's question. Dear Pam, I keep on taking my vehicle to my mechanic because I smell coolant. He keeps on telling me nothing's wrong and he can't see anything leaking. Well, I just picked it up and I smell coolant again. I know what coolant smells like from my old car leaking all the time. Now what do I do? Get that second opinion and make sure the tech installs dye or trace into the coolant compartment to highlight the leaks, if any. Better safe than sorry. Lesson learned. Want to learn more about your vehicle? Visit me, AC Tech Pam Oaks, at CarCareForTheClueless.com, making you a savvy car consumer.
4: Jaguar, the 2008 Community Access Television Rookie of the Year, and the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show, on the network at JiggyJaguar.com. It is the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program, coast-to-coast border-to-border on Red Nation Radio today. Tune in, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitching, of course, 50-plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world, AMFM, 247.com, iHeartRadio today. I hot Radio way, yeah. We get in the I Heart Day. Gonna be in that I hot Radio way. Is that the Grease man? I think that's the Grease man impression I'm doing. Yeah, we're gonna be on the I Heart Radio way. Tell them about it, Because that's what we're gonna do. What we're gonna do here, right? Tell them when you tell them. Hey, tell them. Now, tell them when you tell them is not a grease man reference. So I want to point that out right now to folks. Not a grease man reference. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, get a hold of us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Jiggy Jaguar. Best place to be. Best, best place to see what we're up to. We're on the old social media social media i tell you i wish social media was not such a um oh such a have to you know but it is in today's society it's like a have to it's like a god i don't want to do this stuff but i got to um I do want to tell a quick little story. Uh, yesterday, we were down there in uh, the great uh, city of Wichita, Kansas. When when we taped this live, it was yesterday. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, or when you're going to hear it on iHeart, but uh, yesterday when we were down there in Wichita. We'll just say that. We'll just go with that. We'll go with that! That's what we'll do. Uh, <laughs> we, we went out, me, me and, uh, of course, Britannia... Britanya, bro-tanya, Boob Tanya, whatever you want to call her. We went out to um went out to lunch and or breakfast for me. Realistically, that's if that's the bottom line and that's what we're doing. A mid afternoon snack, whatever. And there was a gentleman who was uh I don't know what you would call him. would you call him a beggar? Would you call him a homeless man? What would you call him? I don't know. And I, I know that, that, that in Wichita, Kansas, they have a huge problem with this. It used to be a huge problem out in Los Angeles and places like that. But folks would hang out outside of really expensive restaurants, or what they believed to be expensive restaurants. Olive Garden is kind of not really an expensive restaurant, but that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. And they wait for folks to come out and they ask them for food. They ask them for money. In this case, there was this gentleman. He was wandering around out there. And we come out and here he comes, and he's like, "Excuse me, you know, I, uh, uh, I'm I'm really hungry. Um, could I get some money to get me something to eat?" Now, of course, back in the day, Ignatius Jigway, um, I've had my own issues with, you know, being downtrodden and all that, and you know, it, it sucks, it sucks, not to have food, and not to be able to eat, it sucks. Um, I never had to go that, to that extent, but uh, this guy is asking us for help. And of course me and Britannia, we both are, you know, Hey, we're, we're want to help this guy out. So, um, we had just taken, um, we had just, we just had leftovers. We had, uh, some breadsticks. In fact, most of the breadsticks didn't even touch. We had breadsticks. Um, we had some, uh, leftover pasta, Uh, we had, uh, I believe some salad or something in there. Maybe, uh, we had leftover food and, uh, we said, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll give you our leftovers, you know? And it, when it was all, it was all stuff that, you know, and I've, I've had experience with, um, friends and, and, and folks that, uh, have what I call the homeless man's stomach. And, uh, we're talking guys like Cowboy Vic. Uh, Gary the Indian guy, people that you know from our programming in the past, who they literally could take cheese out of the trash can that has 90% mold. They cut that mold off. They eat the cheese, and they have no issues. Now, if I were to do that or you were to do that, (laughs) you'd be sick for days. Might even kill you. But these guys, these homeless man stomach people. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, even if, like, let's say we would have both just had colds or we were contagious, he could have probably eaten it, had no problem at all. Not to say that we had or anything or, you know, all the crap. But leftovers to a homeless person would be, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So we go to give this to him. He turns around and tells us, I don't eat bread. I'm kind of on a special diet. You're on a special diet? You're eating out of a trash can, my friends. You're begging for food. If I was begging for food and somebody handed me some breadsticks from Olive Garden, I would be like, tally-ho, I've hit the jackpot, my friend, and I would eat them. It's either that or keep going hungry. I don't want to keep going hungry. But what what the bottom line here is is that th- this gentleman um, needed, you know, he he wanted some money. You know, he 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 probably wanted money to either go buy booze or drugs or whatever. And so he needed some money, so he was hoping that we would turn around and just coming fresh from the Olive Garden, where we've spent you know upwards to you know a hundred bucks or or more or whatever, because Olive Garden's expensive. Uh, if if you buy the certain things that you buy, he's he's going to turn around and be like, "Oh, okay, you know, and we peel off a twenty and give it to him," and then he goes off and gets himself a bag or. He, does a little you know whatever <laughs> did I just make a, a street reference to cocaine on this show so you know it 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 sucks it sucks it really does suck that people have to be in the positions that they are, but uh you don't have to be in the positions that you are you can you can get help um I, I make a joke all the time. Um, I'm a big uh, listener to the Alex Jones show. And a lot of people are going to be you know, sitting in the audience just mad as hell about that. Uh, I don't listen to Alex Jones for the... I don't listen to any radio personality for news. I'll tell you that right now. I don't listen to anybody for my news. I listen for the fact that he's an entertainer and he's a radio broadcast specialist that's why i listen to him uh i listen to sam cedar and he's as left wing as they can be he's been on he's been on one of the shows that we've done uh fairly recently sam cedar i like sam he's a good guy but uh you know he's a he's a left wing crazy uh, mike malloy i was uh, i don't know if anybody's ever heard of mike malloy i was listening Last night, I was listening to some Mike Malloy stuff. This guy is a crotchety old man, but he's entertaining as hell. So, you know, I don't listen to these people, for but but to get back to the point of this, they have an ad that is voiced. They have a bacon ad. If you've ever listened to the Alex Jones Show, they have a, a... GCN has a national ad that they run on the Alex Jones Show during their breaks for a uh a, a bacon thing uh something about packed bacon or, or, or good bacon or or whatever um kind of deal and uh it's voiced by that uh that homeless guy that was uh, you know, on the side of the road that, that was uh, the million-dollar voice. You know, I can't do the voice. Otherwise, I'd be there and not here. Uh, and, <laughs> I'd be there and not here. You're right. And, uh, you know, I always joke, you know, that that, that that he keeps the bacon in his trash can and all this other stuff. But it's it's the truth. You know, that guy, that guy had a shot. He had a shot a million he had he he was the man. He was gonna make one of the greatest comebacks in in the history of the business. Whatever business you're in, he you know, whether it's plastics or, you know, harpooning or whatever. Is there such a thing as a harpooning business? But uh <laughs> we're having fun right now. But this this guy had an opportunity at that and once he got some cash, he went right back into being a drug addict, a drunk, a drug abuser, all the crap, and then he lost it. And then he switched management. There was a bunch of other crap going on. Now he's finally starting to make a comeback. But, I mean, you know, this guy was going to be the voice of, like, NBC, like the Today Show, and crap like that. And it's like, then the guy just became basically a homeless idiot. So, we are going to get to... uh, if you're listening to us live on the stream, we'll get to Richard Kurtz here in just a few moments. But uh, you know, as as I wrap up here uh, in in this edition of iHeartRadio and amfm 247com dot uh, com, I just the one thing I, I want to stress is that if you're outside the Olive Garden and the homeless guy comes up to you and says, "I'm hungry, I need some money." And you offer him leftovers, especially breadsticks that haven't been touched, and salad. And he turns around and tells you he's on a special diet. He's not really that hungry. Uh, We are going to take a break (laughs) on the stream at JiggyJaguar.com. And uh, if you're listening to us on AMFM247.com or iHeartRadio, join us next week. Uh, We will be live, as live can get. Uh, If you're listening to us live on the stream, uh, go to JiggyJaguar.com. We are getting ready to uh, get into our next edition of our big program. It's going to be a hell of a deal. Uh, it's fun, fun, fun till Daddy took the T girl away. I don't know why my dad continues to take away transsexual women from me, but uh, we have that and uh, coming up, we've got more.